0: Again, the doors close at 4 o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyhaar.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life.
1: You are going to provide value when you get someone a transformation.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression
0: Thank you to the fun and challenging June's Journey game. Who doesn't love a good mystery? In the hidden object murder mystery game, June's Journey, you'll awaken your inner sleuth and step right into a thrilling adventure set in the heart of the roaring 20s. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Also, thanks to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is an all-in-one health drink with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients to help support your body's nutritional needs. Get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with a subscription by going to athleticgreens.com slash dream job. Also, thanks to Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. We're also supported by Upstart. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dream Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I've been traveling with my family and just feeling so grateful to really open up to receive like this, to let in this gift, which is just enjoying my family. You know, so often I'm working and working and working. And even though it's just been incredible how much this business has grown, how much I've grown. I don't really stop to receive. And so to, to take this break and to just really be with the kids and with my husband and to spend not just a little time, but a lot of time and not spend just a little money, but spend a lot like on th- something like this, which is a, a trip. It really feels like finally letting go, like letting go of the resistance, letting go of the shame around enjoying life. You know, Brene Brown says that joy is like the scariest emotion because it's the most vulnerable emotion to really surrender to joy. And so I can feel myself like shedding a layer of limiting beliefs by really just letting us have this time together. I can feel myself shedding resistance and it's powerful. It's powerful. It's actually... It's truly humbling, actually, to allow yourself to, to really soak in and appreciate and have gratitude. And it's kind of like Gay Hendrix says, um, in his book, The Big Leap. How happy are you willing to be? Because if you're really going to be happy, you're going to have to let go of of some of the patterns of suffering and some of the survival skills of the stories and the narratives that we constantly hold on to and tell ourselves. So it's been really cool to to be in this space and we have a few more days left, so I'm enjoying it. I also just wanted to say that a couple days ago, we were driving from Tennessee down to South Carolina and we stopped at Babyland, which is the 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 home of Xavier Roberts. And it's sort of a a museum of Cabbage Patch Kids. And we were just sort of telling my kids about what Cabbage Patch Kids were like in the 80s. And they got a chance to um, pick out their own Cabbage Patch Kid. And they asked me, you know, when did you get your first one? And I told them about it. And I just felt like sharing this because I'm often pretty quiet on this topic. But It just came up. And so I will tell you what, what I shared with them, which is that, um, my very first Cabbage Patch kid was such a big deal. I was five years old. I remember waiting in a line outside of Toys R Us and we got to go in and I picked her out and she had that yellow yarn hair and her name was Lisa Ann. And I treasured her. I treasured her so much that when I got to college many years later, she was the only thing from my childhood that I brought with me. And they asked me, what happened to her? And do you still have her? Or is she at grandma's house? And I said, no, I don't have her anymore. And they said, why is that? And I said, well, you know, um, when I was in college, um, something not so great happened to me. And uh, that doll was destroyed. And I didn't tell them all of the details, but I gave them sort of a... Whatever version I felt that they could handle, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more of what happened. What happened was that my freshman year of college, I was living in the dorm and, um, I think you guys now know that I'm Jewish by now. And I guess some of the other people in the dorm found out that I was Jewish too. And, um, I came home one day to my dorm room and there was a swastika painted in red on my college dorm room door. And it said, die, Jew. And I opened the door and inside my ceiling fan was on and my Cabbage Patch Kid was hanging like a noose around its neck from the ceiling fan with a swastika drawn in Sharpie on its forehead. And they had even gone ahead and put numbers uh, in Sharpie on the Cabbage Patch Kid's arm to make it look like a concentration camp victim. And then on the wall in my room, they had painted Die Filthy Jew. And I was devastated, obviously. Um, And I wound up getting rid of that Cabbage Patch Kid, clearly. And I went to the RA who worked in the dorm and told him what happened. Uh, we were actually able to figure out who had done it. It was these two boys who lived down the hall from me, about five, five doors down. Uh, but nothing happened to those two boys. They didn't get any kind of a warning or any kind of consequence for doing that. My RA painted over uh, with a, a coat of paint, painted over the door and the wall, but I could still see the swastika. It was kind of like just underneath that one coat of paint because the red had been so deep. And um, I walked past those boys um, the rest of the year because they were five doors down. And I was pretty shocked at how silent it just was, what had happened. And I wish I could say that that's the only incident that I've encountered, but there are just so many, many more and so many that are so much worse. Um, but I'm not going to get into that now. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because we just went to see these Cabbage Fetch kids a few days ago and this just came up. And I, I just said, you know what? I don't want to be quiet about that. I want to share that. I think people should hear that. And, you know, it's hard and it's, it's not an easy thing to do to share things like that. Um, it puts me in a vulnerable position and, um, it's just scary to, to expose that. But I think maybe it's perhaps a good thing that I would share that because I do feel that there are those kinds of incidents going on all the time. And I feel that there's just been a lot of times in my life when I've seen persecution like that And there's been silence, and I just don't think that that should be. So that was on my heart, and I appreciate you letting me share. My daughter just got her first Cabbage Patch Kid, and um, well, all three of my daughters got their first ones, but my youngest is about the age that I got mine. And I hope that she grows up to live in a world where people really open their hearts and they continue to love unconditionally. That's my prayer. So speaking of love, today on the show, one of my close friends, Kelsey Murphy is here and she's an awesome person. She's one of the most generous people I've ever met. She's a um, a business and a career and a life coach. And she's also been a mentor in B-School she's a speaker and a writer i had her on the podcast a couple years ago to talk about creating a life that you love but this time she's going to give you an entire rundown on how to get your coaching business off the ground if you want to be a coach because she is a successful coach and i would definitely take notes if that's something you want to do because this one is completely jam-packed with a lot of media information You can also listen to Kelsey's Whiskey and Work podcast, where she shares advice on finding your purpose and your passion and starting your own business and staying motivated and so much more. She's talked with guests like Laura Belgray and Susie Moore, and she's also had me on the show, which was really fun. So make sure you check it out. This um, episode was actually also a bonus session that we did in the made to do this program. In made to do this, um, we do 12 weeks of interactive coaching and I also bring on some special guest experts. So if you want to be with me for those 12 weeks, um, we had a few people wanting to sign up over the weekend for that pre-sale and we are going to close that pre-sale cart tonight officially close it tonight. So if you want to be in on that, you can go to to madetodothis.com and not only will you get to be with me for 12 weeks of an epic experience to really shift the paradigm and to move into abundance across the board, step into your calling once and for all, but you'll also be able to be in on some of our guest sessions for the next cohort. And our guest experts this time around are going to be people like Gabby Bernstein, Shalene Johnson, Allie Webb, Amy Tangerine and a ton more. You don't want to miss it. So, you can go to made to do this.com. Tonight is the last night to get in on the pre-sale. Without further ado, please welcome the amazing, the lovely Kelsey Murphy. Kelsey, hi Kath. Hi. <laughs> it's so so nice to see you. It's so good to be here. So, Kelsey Murphy is here. She is one of my closest friends. She is such an incredible person. She is really just so generous and she is such an incredible coach. So before we dive in, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what made you want to step into coaching and what you find that you love so much about it?
1: Oh my goodness! My journey with coaching has been, you know, so many highs and lows. My, my background was in this corporate world where I was checking all the boxes. I was doing all the things that I knew I needed to do. Being financially independent was always something I had to be financially independent. Like it was, there was no other option. There was no other backing. It was like you get out of college, um, you pay off your your college loans, and you get a job. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I started in the advertising world as like an assistant and just kind of worked my way up. And I loved the creative energy. Like I loved, um, there's so many conversations about copywriting and human psychology and understanding these things that drew me into it, right? And I loved it, but I would say probably within- I'd say one to two years of giving it like blood, sweat and tears. Like I knew this is not what I was going to do for the rest of my life, you know? And, um, and it was a constant nagging feeling that something was off no matter what I did. I got to work with the most incredible brands. I was working with like Bono and Britney Spears and flying all over the world and doing these incredible things. And yet, even while on paper, it looked so great. There was this tug saying like, is this really what you want to do? are you brave enough to try to figure out what you want to do? And so I started exploring like, okay, what potentially could I do? And, you know, I think that first exploration, you just, you're looking in your inner circle, you know, you're looking in your, your comfort area. And then you start kind of tiptoeing a little bit further out and being like, well, if I could do anything, you know, and i started to hear about coaching, but the reality was, is coaching just felt so so woo woo to me it felt so different it felt so unregulated it felt like anyone could be a coach and at that time especially with my ego talking but also like trying to intellectually reconcile what that would look like for me for a long-term business or future or stability I was like man it's just this just seems like a little bit too far outside like what I could really do so I continue to explore everything else, like being a marriage and family therapist, going back and, and teaching and getting my MBA and everything. And then fast forward a couple months later, my husband and I were in London for the very first time, and I saw this random one day coaching seminar at this kind of in this like weird area of town, you know, like crappy hotel lighting kind of like a paper cup type of a thing. And um <laughs> Colin was like, we're gonna go to the pub. We're gonna go do the, the double decker red bus. We're gonna do all these things. And I was like, well I actually saw this thing online and I, and he was like, don't even know, don't, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I have to explore it. It's this coaching world. And he was like, I mean, okay. But like, you've thought about that. You don't feel like it's your thing. And I'm like, I am just gonna, I just am going to go. I'll meet you at lunchtime. I'll just peace out if it's not my thing. And I showed up and I will tell you within 10 minutes, I knew this is my home. Like, this is what I want to be talking to my future children about, this is what I want to be talking to the world about, like, why are we not teaching this in school? We started talking about values and beliefs and goals and how that affects how we feel about ourselves, how that affects how we show up to other people, how that affects our relationships, how understanding and having the, this awareness of who we are can help us to relate to other humans. I'm like, dude, this can stop wars. If, you know, like I was just like, it's true. Why? Why are we not educating ourselves on this? And I fell in love with it then. And I had no idea what the path was going to look like. I didn't know like, okay, so are you going to be a professional coach or a life coach or a personal coach or a relationship coach? I just knew this was something that I was meant to do. And so I started there. And from there, I went through the journey of like testing out what kind of coach I wanted to be like a relationship coach. And <laughs> I mean, I tested out so many areas of coaching, like through so much spaghetti against the wall and eventually started finding a groove, right? Eventually started finding clients I loved. And then, like you said, kind of like fast forward to where I am, I was able to build this, this beautiful one-on-one coaching business that ended up scaling into courses and and guesting and speaking at places like Twitter and Facebook and all of these things in the coaching world, right? It's like I had all those connections from a corporate standpoint, but I wanted to be connected with like the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Marie Forleo's and all these really big names from like a coaching standpoint, from talking about like how to empower other humans to move forward, how to find that beautiful mix between logic and emotion and help people to love who they are and to love their abilities and and all of these things. And I wanted to do it from that. So I just took the risk and I, and I finally went to that dang hotel weird seminar. and was like, "Ah, I'm trying to avoid this, but coaching is my thing. Now I just need to solve how I'm going to make a lot of money doing that.
0: Yeah. The next few years of my life. And then you did. And then you did. did. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start with where you started. You started one-on-one coaching, and you—I remember when we met—and you just kind of had this. Oh, yeah, this is what I charge for a package. This is what the minimum yeah. is. I'm like, this girl's a baller. Like, <laughs> she just gets paid. And, and then I remember, you know, I would meet people and be like, "Do you know what you can make from coaching?" So, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started? And what that looked like for people who want to begin, where do you begin? How do you learn to price that? And, And what was possible for you, I think would be such a beautiful possibility then for them to see.
1: Absolutely. And it's so tricky as a coach, right? Because you're kind of thrown into, like I said, like an unregulated world. It's a lot of softness. And there's a lot of um, information about there, uh, like from coaches that are saying like, you can do it, but there's not a lot of how to do it. Right. And of course, from like a coaching standpoint, like it starts within, right? Like it starts within with understanding what your gifts are, and having that internal conversation about just showing up for yourself, showing up for the world, saying yes, you know, um, right. so it absolutely starts within. But it's like, okay, cool. Once I check that box, what do I do now? <laughs> like, right. I have a little bit of structure, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, so when I started, I, I was very much one-on-one, and. I wanted to do one-on-one because it can be highly lucrative. I think like the average, I think S Coopers did a study through the International Coaching Federation on like what the average right now is. I think it was for 2020, but it's like the average per hour is like around 230 bucks per hour. And that that's an average, right? So it's like, if you are stepping up a little bit above average, like the amount that you can make per hour is pretty significant starting out. Right. So I knew intellectually, I could do that for, for, For me, I think in order to feel really true and authentic, I had to believe that I could make that while doing something I loved. So that was the internal um, journey that I went on, right? It was like, I could coach people on how to get a job in advertising, right? I could coach people on anything in my advertising world, start my own kind of freelance business and make a lot of money. But in the beginning, I had to have the conversation of like, do you want to be doing that Or do you want to be coaching people on other things like business or like the empowerment of moving forward in your business or understanding your true values as a woman and how that, you know, like it was like, ah, like, and there was a lot of push pull. So I had to do a lot of testing. So I did a lot of testing in the beginning and I would give myself, um, I would say you need to do three to five pro bono sessions, just like 20 minute or 30 minute sessions, not like these crazy long packages, but I was like, go do three. 30 minute pro bono sessions on one topic. Don't do them on just like being a broad coach. Like it was like, I'm going to do relationship coaching for helping people that feel unhappy in their marriage for three sessions. Right. And I will tell you when you go focus like that and you do a three session test, you have an instant understanding of whether this is something that you want to put your whole blood, sweat and tears into. Right. And so I couldn't say, oh, I'm gonna choose this, this direction for the next year. For me, that felt like too scary. I, cu- I couldn't commit to that because I didn't have enough, honestly, data to know whether I was gonna like it or not. I didn't have right. enough experience. So I would always devise ways for me to do small tests to get the information to decide, okay, once I, once I did a three session test, then I would go out and then I would go kind of like whole hog into it. The beauty of that when you're first starting out Is that if you do like a three session test and you're good at it, you can then offer for those people to come into your paid coaching program, right? So that is how I got a lot of my first clients as I started doing pro bonos. And I was very clear with them up front, like, Hey, um, I am doing some beta testing on this specific topic. I'm going to give out, you know, some 30 minute free coaching sessions on this or helping your relationships or finding a career you love is that something you would be interested in and they're like I mean yeah free coaching that sounds awesome I'm like great I'm like all I'm asking for is a testimonial at the end like or just let me feedback And then if you want, I will absolutely let you know about my, like my paid program that's going to roll out next month, but like there's zero pressure. Right. But the amount of people that, that went from that free session into a paid program was significant. Like my conversion was incredibly high and that's how, you know, like, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm being helpful. Like what Mm -hmm. I teach people now is like how to, how to structure those calls, right? Like, okay. Like, you know, you've, you've got the coaching bones in you, but like, how do you do a 30 minute call? How do do a 60 minute call? Like how do you structure your clients? Right. But I always tell people like you don't even need that before you confirm in your brain that this is something you want to do. You just need to go out and test it, you know?
0: Oh my gosh. It's so great. It's so helpful. And that's, it makes so much sense. And it takes the fear away when you're offering it for free. And you give yourself this chance to see if you like it. And then of course, if people are interested, why wouldn't they want to do it now? Because they've already gotten a taste of it. So three to five with the same person or three to five in general? That's a great question.
1: So it depends on like where you're starting. If you're like, I've never been a coach. I've never coached anyone in the entire world. I would say I would do three to five different people. Like, right on one topic, because what you'll end up learning, and I'm sure Kathy, you go over this at some point, is that there's usually a specific type of person that you love working with, right? Like, there's a, a Even if it's not like demographically one kind of person, there's someone that has like similar mindset values, beliefs, right? So you're going to find that type of person. So when you do three to five different people on one topic, um, it helps you to learn that. I would say if you're kind of level two where you're like, I've already done kind of like some free coaching or I've had enough conversations then I would say you can go into offering someone a month of coaching for free. But in that month, I would probably only do two to three sessions for that one person. But that could be your next step where you say, hey, the month of April, I- I'm going to take on three pro bono clients, you all get three sessions, we work on this one specific topic. And then I, I will offer you, you know, like, if you'd like to jump into my paid program, you can etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: I love it. It's so brilliant. And it just goes back to what we always talk about, which is ABG, always be giving, always be generous and build the well before you're thirsty. And this is exactly why you're so brilliant. Kelsey is literally, if I had to come up with three words to describe you, one of them would be generous and then beautiful and kind. (laughs) <laughs> um but generous because whenever we're together whenever we're boxing whenever we sit together you're always like oh no no i love being able to i'll be like no what about you and you're like no 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 i really love being able to listen to you this was so fun how else can i serve you how else can i help you there's never like a Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, it would be so nice if what you could do for me is blah, blah, blah. So this idea that the way that you begin is, of course, you don't have to start to feel stressed that you have to go sell a stranger on an offer. Mm -hmm. You offer a, a person an offer for free, and then you give of yourself. And then if it works, you say, this seems like it's working. Do you want to continue on? Now let's talk about this piece. When you say at that point, you would love to know about your paid programs, what did that look like? What I knew about what you were doing was there was a couple different things that by the time you and I met you had you had going on. There was one-on-one things and there was already group things. So what did those first paid programs look like?
1: Yeah. Okay. So good question. So my, my goal was always to go into groups, right? Like my goal is always to scale. And I think that one-on-one is, was really important for me. It's incredibly lucrative. One-on-one is you can also be very flexible with your timing, right? So if you're like side hustling or freelancing, you can choose those hours for your one-on-one client, right? Right. But the goal was always to go coaching. Cause I always wanted to scale, right? Like I knew the power of scaling and I, and I love the idea of bringing everyone into a group environment. There's something magical that happens there. Right. So that was always the, the goal, but I started just with one-on-one and it, it, they were three month packages. So for a big reason, I never did one-off calls ever. Like people could never purchase a one-off call for me because the type of person I wanted to work with, they were, they were in it kind of for the long haul. They were someone that I was like, Hey, we're going to do this together. I'm going to be your person. Like, this is a big deal. What we're going to do. I wanted it to feel like a big deal. I wanted it to feel like an investment. And in the beginning the investment was much lower than what it is now clearly. Right. But I wanted them to be committed for three months, so that was really important to me. Plus, clearly, retainer work is incredibly important. I did not want to be hustling right. every month to sell, resell myself. I am not a seller; like, it's not in my bones. You know, like I am a coach <laughs> through and through. I want to sit over a cup of tea or wine and talk about de-meaningful things, right? Like I, the idea of consistently putting myself out there to sell was exhausting. So. Right three month retainers was the minimum. Um, but very quickly after my very first year, I felt confident enough that I saw enough themes that I could start a group program. So very quickly there was, I I started a group program. The first one that I did was called find work you love. And it it was for everybody that were in nine to fives and they wanted to figure out what they wanted to do next. And, and it was everything from talking about like setting up your LinkedIn profiles and resumes, like a very corporate aspect of it to also doing the passion work, right? Of like, what are you passionate about? To also exploring, like, could you potentially start like a little thing of freelance or something like that? And it was almost like a little bit of a mastermindy program, but it was literally group coaching, right? Like I did maybe one small workbook, but I did it that week of, and I just showed up for those group calls. And I think it was six weeks and it was the first time I've ever experienced like how powerful that could be. Because I was always like, man, like I know I can help people one-on-one, but could I really deliver the same kind of effect in a group? Amazing. And it was like significant, right? Like, and so that first group program was my kind of like understanding and beta testing. And of course, the price was incredibly low because it was me testing it out, right? Yeah. So then I took that all of that stuff, and I made it into a little my first little course. And then I just started doing a lot of that. And and I feel like that's what you constantly are doing as an entrepreneur, you learn that you got to go out there and test it and see if you like it, see if other people like it. And then you test it, you almost like breathe lighter because you're like, okay, I have so many more answers now. And then the second time you run it, it's just like off to the races.
0: I have so much more to ask you, but first, let's just thank our sponsors. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You can post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. With their tools like Indeed Instant Match, you can immediately get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. They also have the Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you only have to pay for applications that meet them. Then schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. I know that hiring can be such a daunting process, but Indeed makes it super fast and easy to get the right person for your team. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. Indeed.com slash DreamJob offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Paying off debt can feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates keep you in an endless cycle of monthly payments, but Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and it's all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score. They also look at your income and employment history so they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. I know that being in debt can feel like a huge weight. So I think it's really cool that they're helping people take those steps to move forward in their personal finance. And you don't even have to leave your house or talk to someone on the phone to get started. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dream job. That's upstart.com slash dream job. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash dream job. The longer that I've been in the, in the world of self-development, I just have seen for my own self as a, a person who's participating and also running things that that group collective dynamic, the studies show just the power of that collective. Yes. We, we witness other people having their breakthroughs or their struggles and we exponentially are growing by just being in a space amongst other people. It's so powerful. And I really want people to get that because we often think that we have to do it for other people. Like we are there as a coach to give answers, to give advice. And it's so much about the space we create. And I want to talk to you about that because you're better at that than any, almost anyone I know. So I want to talk about how you structure and set up your your coaching and the kinds of questions, just as a little introduction. Before we get there, I think people might want to know from a concrete perspective, if they were going to offer one-on-one coaching and those three-month packages, where is a decent place to start pricing-wise if you're starting out?
1: Yeah. So when you're first starting out, like I definitely like to do kind of market research and validation at first. And this is assuming you are doing some type of coaching that, that truly already has market demand out there, right? Like you've gone out there, you've seen like, like I I saw a lot of people here that were like, Oh, Kelsey, like that program you just said is what I want to do. It's like, sweet, I'm your first part of like market validation that people will pay for it, you know, like, so you want to find people out there that are doing similar things or solving similar problems or delivering on a similar promise um, and just understand kind of what the, the going market rate is. You're going to see a lot of different pricing. And honestly, a lot of coaches don't put pricing on their website. So you will have to call people up and literally say the words like, hey, I was wondering if you'd mind sharing your rate. So like, what are, what do you charge? What are your packages? Like, I'm just trying to understand this landscape a little bit more. Um, But once you do that, you will get a general sense of, of range of where you feel comfortable putting yourself. And when it comes to pricing, I will always say like, um, i like envision a ladder right like you're climbing the ladder and you're like okay it's four hundred dollars okay it's five hundred dollars okay it's six hundred dollars and you keep climbing till you feel a little bit uncomfortable right and mm-hmm. then you're like looking down and you're like you're you're out of your comfort zone you know you're in your stretch zone where it's where exciting things happen it's where the adventure happens you know but this it feels a little nervous you know and then you try the next ring and if when you go to the next ring it's like seven hundred dollars you're like dude i'm in my fire zone i am am uncomfortable. This does not feel right. It's like, cool. Go right back down to your stretch zone. Like stay in that stretch zone. That's where you should feel comfortable with your pricing. And then I would say, get three clients in that stretch zone and then reevaluate, like see how you feel then Right. because after you get three clients, they've said, yes, you're kind of validating that market price. Um, You can then make a decision. Like, do I want to go higher? Because eventually as a coach, you start to go higher, but you start to attract a different target market, right? A different human. Like once you start to get up into certain price ranges and that may shift how much you really like it or not, because then you may be like, you know, I really love this person right here, but the only way for me to make the money I want to is now to go group, right? And that's where you start sticking with that. And you, you, instead of going vertical kind of, you go horizontal, right? You widen it up a bit. So that's kind of like a long way to a ham sandwich of not answering how much do you charge people. So I will just give you my experience. I mean, I, I will say about seven years ago or so when I first started doing it, my first pricing was four ninety five dollars a month and that was for three coaching sessions and it was for three month packages. So that was my absolute first starting lowest thing. And I jumped very quickly to a thousand dollars a month. So I went from about $500 a month to a thousand dollars a month. And I would sell it in three months for $3,000. Like that was the package that I stuck with in the very beginning. And then, like I said, as I got about three clients at a time, I got three clients. I kind of checked that off. I started to slowly Slowly percentage and notch it up about fifteen to twenty percent each time until I did reach a place where I I was not loving kind of the clientele I was working with and that's when I started going wider and doing group coaching and um, at that time it was three coaching sessions for fifty minutes and then I was available to them over email within a forty eight hour period now Kathy will know this about me I'm incredibly um, strict about my boundaries I really like to be with my kids kids. And I really like to be with my husband and I don't work on Fridays. I don't work on Tuesdays right now, Tuesdays. I just chill with my little one-year-old Danny to do absolutely nothing and just like play while McKenna's off at um, childcare. And then Fridays I'm with Danny and McKenna, just the two of us so that I really do a lot of my like, my deep work on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I was always, I knew I always only wanted to work about three days a week, still making as much money as I possibly could, you know, and and giving my gifts and serving people. So I was very particular about my packages. They literally only were three coaching sessions a month, which ended up chunking down to two. It ended up being two a month. And then they would get me if they needed me over email. So like, but I, I made it very clear to them, like, after those 50 minute coaching calls, you will feel a hundred percent supported like that, that my goal is that you're hundred percent supported. That is the number one focus and priority here. So I focused much more on the benefits of working with me versus the features, right? So After they felt like I could help them get to the place that they needed to, whether that was emotionally or confidence or empowerment, or it was actually from a business standpoint, I'm going to help you, you know, get to this place from an income standpoint with your business. I made them confident about that. Like, that's what we will do. Like the features, the amount of times that we talk, like that was a secondary piece of the conversation.
0: It's incredible. And I've been so blessed to be one of Kelsey's friends. And there's so many times where I have said to you, okay, this is what's going on in the business. And then literally 13 minutes, I'm like, you just made me a million dollars. That, how did I not see that? And you're like, oh, that was so easy. You said this, this, and this. So why wouldn't you double down here? You're so good at it. I'm I'm so grateful to you. So I hope that that's helping you guys to hear. And Kelsey and I have other friends who are mutual friends who who've done this kind of work, and they have gone from, thousand dollars a month to $10,000 a month and three month retainers. And I've seen them go into $18,000 a month. Like you won't believe what's out there. And again, they're not looking for a thousand clients. Right? They're usually, the reason they get sold out is because again, it's, I have space for three people, period. And so it's not difficult to find three people at different price points who have the need to be seen. So just really hear that, really take that in. And then you did go into starting group programs and then courses. So when you started the group program, find the work that you love, how did you know how to price a group program and a six-week situation?
1: Yeah. So... I started with what I wanted to make, right? Like I started with the amount of money that I wanted to make and then I reverse engineered that, you know, because I, and not that that's a limiting belief way to start, but uh, that was what I felt comfortable starting with, you know, I'm like, okay, if I want to make, you know, $5,000 in an hour for this one group that I'm going to do, how many people then do I need to to join? So I kind of reverse engineered based off of that, as well as going back and checking out the the marketplace and the interesting thing I think when you start doing group coaching is that you can start looking at how are people pricing group packages but also how are they pricing one on one packages mm-hmm. to solve the same problem because that is it that's what i'm what I'm helping you do is figure out. Like you're stuck. You're feeling like, I know I'm meant for something more. I know that I'm not in the job that I want right now, but like, I don't know what to do and how to move forward. And as a coach, what I had learned was it's a combination of coaching and structures, right? Like the way that I work, the way that my brain operates is truly, um, half emotional, half logical, like, and it's intellectual. Like I will poke holes in things where I'm like, that's why coaching was so hard for me in the beginning. Cause I'm like, this feels so lofty. So softy like where's the structure where's the answers right and as i've done so much more of my emotional work i recognize it's so it, it is rooted in here right it is rooted in this place yep. So I've, I've been able to lead now from that place and see people and hear them and understand what it is they're truly trying to get to. And that is, that is my gift, right? That's my natural gift. It's kind of like you were saying, when we get on the phone, I believe intellectually and in simplifying because we only have so many hours in a day, right? And if you look at your life and you're, you you want to be the type of person that only works three days a week, but you're making X amount of dollars and you're having all these experiences, then we need to simplify to create that. And too often right now with social media and shiny object syndrome, like we have such a hard time not going after all these opportunities, right? So my job intellectually is to simplify, but emotionally, my job is to show up and is to see what is the true root, what is the true thing you're going for here? Like what is that one thing you really want? And if that's the one thing, then we solve for that one beautiful mm. thing. And so my job is to hold the space for someone to to ask themselves, what Is that one thing? And then I can ask them questions and to help evoke that, right? Like my job as a coach is to say, is this important or is this like I heard you mention this word? Tell me more about that, right? Now we simplify to focus around one one piece right there.
0: Yes. And I want to dive into that because that's really the crux of it, right? Really getting the technology of what helps people to get to the answer that's within them. So I want to go there. Before we do, there was a question that that had to do with insurance, but also qualifications. And I wanted to throw this at you because I just think it's fascinating how people get so hooked on coaching certifications when my coach, not that I pay him, but he's like one of the go-to mentors in my life, Seth Godin, He's got no certification to be a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just a master at what he does. And I can think of 14 other people who I go to who have helped me along the path or who have huge platforms who that's not how they come into this world, whether it's Glennon Doyle or Liz Gilbert or Amy Porterfield or Jasmine Starr. So many people who are able to help people in their business or their life respectively are not hung up on that. So how do we handle that issue? And how has that sat with you? I think that you might have an interesting perspective on it. we talked about it before. Oh, you
1: know, I do. You know, I do, girl. Um, Okay. Yes. So now that you guys have a little bit of a background of my personality, you probably know in my brain, I was like, how many certifications can I get and where can I be certified and where can I check those boxes? Because in my brain, like that was going to make me more legitimate, right? Like I was at the bar being like, yeah, I'm the advertising director for Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden. And I just got off this fancy trip with Britney. It was like. Like intellectually and from an ego standpoint, I was checking the boxes of like, I am legit, right? To go to the bar the next day and be like, I'm a life coach. People are like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, you know, like I already was having those like conversations in my head, like how do I reconcile this, right? So I struggled with that a lot in the beginning and I ended up having a very unique experience that I think will be helpful. But my true opinion on certifications is that you are going to provide value when you get someone a transformation. Like you are a coach when you get someone a transformation. Write or it down, result, write
0: it down. Right? so like, good.
1: Like it's the result or transformation. And that can be everything from an emotional transformation to a financial result, right? It can be soft or hard. So that is when you are a coach, when you can actually create that when Marie Forleo asked me to come on and to help her B-Schoolers, did she ask for a certification? Absolutely not. Did I need to be certified? Nope. When I went and spoke for Twitter and Facebook, did they ask for a certification? Nope. Did I need to be certified? Absolutely not. When I made my first thousand, my first 10,000, not a single person asked for my certifications, right? Not a single person asked for that. What they wanted to know was how could I help them and how was I going to do that, right? Like what was the problem I could solve for them? How was I going to move them forward in their life, um, and they wanted to know more about that. And I got to share like, well, this is how I've done it for other people. Well, this is my opinion on it. Well, this is the method that I want to take. Well, this is the the way that uh, my perspective on it, right? So the more I started to talk, that is what validated me, right? That is what, when I was at the bar, it was no longer like, I'm a life coach. It was like, well, I actually help people who are struggling to figure out where they want to go in their career, find those next steps rooted in who they are and where they want to be the next 20 years of their life. So they are in a spot where they're making more money than they were before, but they're also doing something that they love, that they can walk out of their house at the end of the day and feel excited about. And people were like, oh, well, that feels legit. And I'm like, well, that feels good saying, you know, so that is my opinion. Now, did I get certified? I did. I did get certified, but I got a lot of my jobs and I made a lot of my money before I got certified. I went in, though, to try to get certified in different small certifications of things that I was curious about, like positive psychology, like emotional intelligence, things that I wanted to go in. I wanted to understand the International Coaching Federation better, the whole ACC, PCC, MCC like situation. I wanted to understand that. And at that point, I had notched up kind of enough coaching hours to be able to easily get the certification. So I ended up getting it. I will tell you, it's, I don't, I don't have it anymore. Like it's outdated. I have not renewed it. Like that is not a part of my practice now, but continuing education is a part of my practice. So every single year I am investing money and time into continuing education. Sometimes that's a mastermind with a group of women I'm in love with that. I want to be connected with that are going to grow me emotionally as well as intellectually and professionally. You know, sometimes that is a course, sometimes that's, you know, other small, small little um, deep dives on specific Mm -hmm. subjects I want to learn about. But at the end of the day, I I really believe certifications are about getting that transformation or result,
0: you know? Oh, and it's so huge because how many people have given such a bad name to the industry because they have a certification Yes, and they're not worth their salt, right? There's Mm -hmm. nothing happening other than the fact that they took so-and-so's 14 day thing, or they, somebody told them that they are worthy now of having the stamp, but what are they actually made of, right? What, what can they actually do where my very good friend, Susie Moore, she's like, I wish I could tattoo it on my forehead. I have no qualifications, none, zero. Didn't even go to college, like barely completed high school. She gets people massive results. People just being around her feel lifted. She has a huge practice. She has bestselling, New York Times bestselling books, she is just it, right? And and it's also about like, if you've gotten the results for yourself, right? If you've already lost a hundred pounds because you figured out a way to take care of yourself emotionally or, or eat a different way and you want to help somebody get that result, do it. I think the reason... We talked about Amy Porterfield, like she's gotten that result. She built her own Mm -hmm. course. She helped people build courses. So she's like, I'm going to teach you how to do this thing that I've done. Same thing with someone who's teaching podcasting. Same thing with someone who's going to teach you how to make more money. Have they gotten that result for themselves? Have they gotten that result for other people? I love that you said it so clearly the transformation is what matters. And then you don't have fans. You have raving fans. And people don't care that you went to Jimmy John's training certification. They they care that you helped their friend in this way. Okay, I have a few more questions, but first we're just going to take a quick ad break. Are you a mystery fan? Then check out the hidden object murder mystery game June's Journey, a thrilling adventure set in the heart of the Roaring Twenties. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective investigating the mysterious death of her sister. It's a free to download mobile game that tests your powers of observation, your memory, and your logic skills as you search for hidden objects and collect clues. They have 30 million fans across the globe, which is no surprise because it's endless hours of fun with thousands of intricate scenes and new chapters every week. This game has been so entertaining. I have a pretty good memory, if I must say so myself. So I love being challenged and exercising that mental muscle. Plus, I like that I can play for just a few minutes on my phone or my tablet. And I love that it's set in the 20s. I think that that would have been such an interesting time to live in. So does that sound fun to you? If so, download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play and get started. We've all got so much going on, which means sometimes we forget to prioritize our health and your body may not be getting the nutrients it needs to thrive. Athletic Greens is here to help. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder makes it easy to get daily optimal nutrition in one convenient way. Just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green, superfood blend, and more. Plus, it can fit into any lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. I've been taking Athletic Greens in the mornings and it's such a good way to start every day fully energized. It's also been helpful for my digestion, and I love that it's super quick and simple, and I don't have to bother with multiple products or pills. And not only does it actually taste good, but it has less than one gram of sugar, which is perfect for me since I've been trying to cut back on the sugar. To get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with a subscription, go to athleticgreens.com slash dreamjob and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. That's athleticgreens.com slash dreamjob to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. So now let's talk about the spiritual technology, the emotional technology. When you're stepping into conversation with people, what are some of the bones to how you hold space? How you said before, here's how I would set up a 30 minute call. I kind of have that in mind. Let's look at that. So that we have some compass of like, what it even looks like from your perspective, what's your process when you begin with someone, where are you hoping to start with them? And where are you leading them as the conversation goes on?
1: Yeah, I love that. So I call it a coaching container. So, I, I believe that when you become really aware of the results, you can get somebody, you become a really great communicator. You can take those things, but you want to hold them in a coaching container. Like, you want to hold this and it's kind of holding the space. It's whether your coaching container or your coaching conversation is 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 60 minutes, a half day session. There's a container in which you want to hold that space for people. And so, I kind of break it down into three sections. The first section is the place where you get clarity on where you want to go. Like, what is the true desire or result? And this potentially is the most important section. And often people are like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to say, what do you want to focus on today? And someone's going to come to the table and be like, well, like I want to, I need to find more clients. And I'm like, okay, cool. So give me a lay of the land. Tell me a little bit more about that. Let's really define what that looks like to you. And they're like, okay, well, I'm focusing on my email list and I want to build my email list and I want to get the right opt-in. And and they're focusing on all these things because they want to like build their clients. Right. And I'm like, well, tell me, what is it a what's important to you about getting these 5 more clients and we talk about income, right? And we talk about the ease and income and all of these different pieces. And and sometimes what we will discover is what they are looking for is more time with their kids, a higher amount of money per hour, and making that process simplified so that they aren't hustling to post 17 things on social media every single day, where if we hadn't clarified what their true desire was, I would have solved for, well, here's how to grow your email list, right? Like, well, here's how to create a great opt-in. When the reality might be like, oh, actually we can notch up your prices a bit. We can get you in front of a dedicated audience in 30 minutes. And then that can be the funnel to bring people in that you can create a small group program or you can start to have more one-on-one people at a like a higher rate or whatever it is. Right. So we can solve so much faster and quicker once we get to the root of what people are truly, truly looking for. So that's the first Piece of the coaching conversation. And I think that is actually a, a big piece that people miss because they skip right into solving mode. We go like, okay, what's the problem? You want more email people or you want, you need to, you're, it's taking you so long to write your newsletters, right? Like it's so long. Okay, well, let's talk about strategies, time management strategies, you know, and we're jumping right into problem solving mode when we haven't taken enough time to create the space in the very beginning to understand what is the true struggle? What's the root of the problem? And it may not be that they need 17 time management tools The the root of the problem might be like, they feel like an imposter. Like, why am I writing to all of these people if I'm actually not that qualified? And so then you can clarify in the beginning, you're like, okay, so would it be then helpful to spend time working on time management situations? Or should we spend time working on why you're worthy? Like, why, why should you be writing to these people? Like, if you don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. So if we walked out of this conversation today and you felt a hundred percent confident that you are the one that's supposed to be writing these humans, would that be valuable to you? And then people are like, well, yeah, that that would be great. And I'm like, that's our conversation today, right? Whether it's 10 minutes or 60 minutes, then you have a better focus. And then, then you move into the coaching aspect of it, the discovery part right? So like now let's have some discovery around this. Like let's understand this. You go deeper. You ask the questions, you hold the space, you see them, you acknowledge their pain, you acknowledge their dreams, you acknowledge their fears, and you create a a discovery part of the conversation that allows them to have awarenesses and ahas they might not have had. So already, if you can envision a coaching conversation gone wrong. They're like talking about their newsletter. You're into the middle of the conversation and the meat of it talking strategies. And the whole time they're like, this person doesn't even know that these aren't going to help me because I'm not even the person that's supposed to be writing this. Who am I? You know? So- That first part is crucial. I I almost call it like a contract. Like you have an agreement, like a contract together where you like, this is what we really care about. This is what's going to be the most beneficial use of our time today. And then you go into this discovery place where you do that's the true coaching. That's where you use your, your 20 coaching techniques and skills and you see, and you firm and you ask the right questions and, and you, you challenge, or you, you push a little bit harder where you, where you see that they need it, or you back off where you see that they just need to breathe or you create silence. You just, you know, there's so many coaching techniques you use in that discovery piece. And then you close at the end by truly allowing, and this will change for a different industry, but you truly allow them to reflect on like what it is they want to take away. Like what is your takeaway from this call? Because what their takeaway is maybe very different from what your takeaway is. So you want to wrap up and close a beautiful call by saying, okay, so it sounds like X, Y, and Z, here's your homework for the week, go on on your way, right? But it's like, hold on, this was their experience, right? Like they had the ahas that you don't even know about. Like if you're a great coach, the magical ahas and the magical awarenesses and things, it is incredible what's happening inside of them. And as a coach, our job is truly to believe that your client, they are their best teacher. They know their absolute wisdom inside of them. Your job is to pull that out. So at the very end, your job is to hold enough space to say, okay, now after that whole conversation, what are you taking with you through the week, right? And then they come back to you and they, I will get off these crazy business business conversations, where people are paying me tens of thousands of dollars for the hour and we'll get off these calls and they're like, yeah, my takeaway is I'm gonna call my mom, I'm gonna call my mom. And I'm like, all right, we talked a lot about income strategy, but you know, like, and they're like, no, but what I realized is it doesn't matter how much I make, I feel disconnected from my mom. And that is truly what I'm craving right now. And I'm trying to make all this money so I can fly her out here to see me, but like, I just miss my mom. So I'm gonna get off this phone call. It's the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call her. And I'm like, okay, that was it. That was the moment. So, so you create these beautiful, like three pillars, right? It's a opening and a true focus. It's a discovery and the awareness piece. And then it's closing by allowing that person to reflect back to you. Now, this is where I go from here and you can help them. If you're more tangible and your business coach, you're like, okay, let's talk about the strategies of that. But as an emotional or a life coach, you're often just allowing them to close the loop of that conversation to close that container and to say like, this is what I'm taking from this. And now I move on to my life, you know?
0: It's so good, Kelsey. And really that's what I've sort of envisioned. And this is what we do and made to do this, right? Like we are so crystal clear what you just said, that you guys are your own best teacher. And so everything I do in this program is to bring you home to that truth. And the, I know because it's there and because you are also brilliant. And I know that if I continue to foster a space where you feel loved and you feel challenged to call upon the gifts that you have, you're going to lead yourself right to where you want to go and then to just continue to hold that space of possibility. So I love this so much. I want to ask you a couple questions that I saw. One question was, how did you get those initial first few clients
1: Yeah. So the beauty and the curse of, I think, potential clients is that there are so many people in the world with problems that they're looking for someone to help them solve, right? So there is a lot, a lot of um, potential clients out in the world that you can serve, that you can help them with the transformation and results. You know, where you find them is is definitely going to be based off your industry. So I won't give a big blanket statement, but for me, where I found them, I really was looking to help people that were unfulfilled in their current nine to five and were trying to figure out what they wanted to do next. So I reached out to my entire network of friends and family. And and I have this like very scripted email I give to all of my clients. And it was very much like, hey, how are you? Like want to reconnect. But I also want to share something really exciting that I've been doing. You know, I've started a coaching business. And every single time I have more conversations on this topic, it lights me up and I realize how much I truly love speaking to people about X, whatever you think. You're basically just like
0: sharing your enthusiasm. Yes. Yeah.
1: You approach it with passion. Like you, people are like, I don't want to pitch my friends and family. And I'm like, do not. Don't pitch your friends and family. That sounds horrible. Like show up (laughs) and share something you're excited about with them and let them know. Every time I have these conversations, I'm reminded about how much I love it. And then you can say to them. So I wanted to ask, do you know anyone that would get a kick out of this? Is there anyone in your network that you think would think this is rad. If so, would you mind just forwarding this email to them? You know, And I'm always throw a piece in there like, clearly, if this applies to you, hit me up. But you're not reaching directly out to them to sell them. You're reaching to- out to them to say, hey, I'm so excited about this. If there's anyone you know that would like be s- as excited as I am about nerding out about this conversation, like forward this along. Um, I will tell you the amount of people that just responded directly back and was like, yeah, me, like, 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 let's get on the call, you know, like that it was, it was so much easier than I expected it to be, you know, but yeah, like create yourself like a little template, like a little structure and it takes the pressure off of that,
0: you know? So good. So good. So imposter syndrome, Kelsey is coming up a lot. So the same way of saying, I'm afraid I don't have all the answers. Okay. I don't feel like I'm an expert, no college degree. Some of it's about finding clients, asking money for something I've always done for free. Okay, so that's maybe a pricing, sort of feeling worthy around pricing. So the feeling worthy thing is what's a through line here, but part of it is in terms of having the answers and part of it is in being able to charge for something not qualified. So Kelsey, how do we work with that? And specifically as a person who wants to step into coaching, how do you work with imposter syndrome I'm sure you had some of those thoughts when you were beginning.
1: You know, as much as I am a coach, like my brain, I struggle with leading from my heart versus my intellect, right? Like, so I, from an imposter syndrome standpoint, there's a lot of internal work that I do myself, right? There's a lot of mantras. There's recognizing the internal dialogue that's negative. There's recognizing my inability to celebrate who I am and my wins, right? So there's a lot of internal work that I do on a daily basis. And just so you guys know, this doesn't often change. Like as you grow into your career, you're going to test new products out. You're going to step into new technologies. You're going to be thrown on different stages and different Mm -hmm. circles. And that conversation of, am I worthy? Like, should I even be here? I, I promise you, it still comes up. Like, It still comes up. Your ability to shift out of it, is a lot faster as you do the internal work, right? You're, but it still triggers. It still happens. You still have the question, your ability to hold that. And to say like, I love that I'm challenging myself. I love that. I am pushing myself to say, am I worth this? And I also know that I am right. And your ability to switch out of that and your ability to, to have that internal conversation to say um, those types of things will, it will get faster. So it still happens as you get older in your career, but it shifts, you can shift it faster. But in the beginning, I will say from an intellectual standpoint, if you are feeling the imposter syndrome, the best piece of advice I can give you is to do two things. One, to get the data for yourself, to go out there and to say, if I feel like I, I'm not a good life coach, or I feel like I'm not a good health coach. It's like one, define what good means. Because the more you say good and generic and say, I'm not a good coach, you're never going to have the data to show whether you are or not. So define what does a good coach look like to you? What's the transformation you actually want to get someone? Is it they're going to lose weight? Is it they're going to wake up in the morning and feel proud of themselves and get dressed and love their body? Like start defining that for yourself. And it may be a list of 50 things, right? Like it may, it doesn't need to be one thing, but when you can start defining it and putting actual words to the transformation or results result, you're going to get people, then you can test it, right? Then you can get three free pro bono clients and say, these are the transformations or results. I want to know I can get people. So then go test a few people and see if you ask them at the very end, what, what was your experience here? Like, did you feel like there was any transformations? Can you describe them in three tangible ways? Was there any results that, that I don't know that, that you walked away with? That is such an incredible piece. We, we don't know what whether we are being beneficial to people or not often because we don't ask them right? We don't ask them the question, what are three tangible results you've gotten from our coaching session? And you're like thinking about that coaching session. And they're like, you don't understand when I got off that coaching session, I went to go reach for another coffee and threw some cream and sugar in it. But I didn't because you taught me that one tool about asking, is this for fun or is this fuel? And I asked myself that. And all of a sudden I felt like I could do it. Like I can do this, right? So you don't know that until you ask them to reflect back and give them what are your three tangible results, right? So- from an imposter syndrome standpoint, it is really boils down to action, you know, creates clarity. But if you want to give yourself a system to do that, like define what the transformation or result is that you want to give people, not what you can, not what you know, what you want to give people, what do you want to give them? Right. And then go and test it out on three people. Mm. I will caution brand, brand new coaches. I believe there's a phase one, a phase two, and a phase three to a coaching business. Phase one is confirming you can get people that transformation or result. So, phase one often is three to five pro bono clients that you are checking the box saying, I have been able to get them results, right? You're validating your ability to get results, right? So that's phase one. And and you can move at these at the speed of light, or you could take years in different phases, right? So then phase two is getting three to five paying clients, right? So phase two is really validating the offer and the price point. So getting really comfortable with that, that brings up a whole new set of issues, right? But what you want to do is you want to confirm this transformation and result that I'm getting people is worth people putting their credit card down. And I will tell you, there's very few things in the world not worth that, right? But you want to validate that for yourself. Like that is your focus. So your focus is three to five paying clients, right? So that's phase two. Then phase three is where you grow and expand and you build your funnel, right? That's where you book out your business is in phase three. And that's where you truly focus on the lead magnet, the email list and the podcast. Like that's my funnel. My, my main places I work with people are, and I, and I get my clients is through my podcast and my email list. Right. And I, and I nurture them in that way. Um, but a lot of times people jump to phase three, right? They jump to phase three and they're like, how do I get my email list? But I haven't had clients. And it's like, oh, cause we're not fo- going on phase one, phase two, phase three. So as a coach, my recommendation is to just acknowledge what phase you're in. And then know, in order to move on from that phase, you really want to check that box of three to five clients with transformation, three to five clients for paid being paid, and then move on to booking the business out. You know,
0: I love so much that you're saying this because in made to do this, as everybody here can, can speak to early on in the program, we have people put offers out and it's sort of like, hang on. You haven't taught me how to build an email list. You haven't taught me how to build out my Instagram. You haven't taught me how to build a podcast and all the marketing. It's like, we have to get proof of concept. We have to figure out what the heck this thing is because the podcast you create should lead to that offer. There should be something about that that leads you to the offer, the offer that you know is validated. And so as uncomfortable as it is, we want to early on in May to do this, give you that scary opportunity to do things for free, to do things for five bucks, to do things in a sense where you can just... Go ahead in the world and start to give of yourself things and see if it works. And what's interesting is asking to be paid. uh, This is where we fall apart. And it's almost like this is where we quit too soon. So what can you tell us, Kelsey, about how to open up our mouth and say, this is my offer and this is what it costs?
1: the reason phase two is three to five paying clients is because those are the hardest, just so you know, like, it's not the hardest because people don't want to pay you. It's hard because we make it hard. And we all of a sudden, and every new phase you go into business. And Kathy and I have learned this as we up level, like a whole new set of questions about yourself and the money and what you're capable of doing, like they are going to be triggered. And as someone who is teaching themselves to not only be an entrepreneur, but to Follow their gut more to say yes to when there's a calling, you're going to meet those pieces of resistance. Like they're going to show up for you. So I think that just knowing that that is normal, knowing that we all have that, I think is really important. And knowing that if you figure out how to solve it for this pricing piece, you are doing yourself such a service because you're going to need to know how to solve it for any tough things that come up in life, any questions that come up about yourself. Right. So For me, pricing and making, doing those first paid offers, the big piece of it for me was letting go of expectation, like letting go of someone having to say yes in order for it to be validated, right? Like when I look at my list, I used to create a yes, no list. And I used to tell myself I needed to get 10 no's before I got one yes, I needed 10 people to turn me down with my offer till I got one yes, because when I went into pitching myself or saying, Hey, here's my services and here's my costs. And someone said, no, it was like, I was expecting everyone to say, yes, it hurt so bad. It was like pure rejection. So I had to change my mindset and really buffer it. And I was like, I'm going to go in with 10 no's and I'm just going to learn how to have the conversation, right? Like, I'm just going to start learning how to have a conversation about money and then and allow for one yes out of 10 no. So I would start literally a Google Doc and I would put a name in and I'd be like, "Cool. Like you need to get 10 more of these until you've earned a paying client, right?" Now, the reality is is when you do really good discovery call conversations, the conversion rate is 50%, right? Like I don't like to always tell people that because I'm like, I don't want you to think it's 50-50 when you first start because you need to learn how to feel comfortable having the conversation. Yep. But eventually, you talk to two people on a discovery call, one is going to sign up Every single time. So if you want five clients this month, you got to set up 10 calls. That's like two or three calls a week, right? Like, so it's very, very easy to eventually do. But if you're having a hard time getting on the phone, just set yourself up with that yes, no list, right? And then show up.
0: Oh my God. It's so brilliant. I really hope everybody just opened the door to your heart during that because it all boils down to a fear of rejection which is so primal and it makes so much sense. And the little kid that we were, that we still are, was rejected in so many ways. And it was so painful that you have built a life around, I will never feel rejected. And one way I won't feel rejected is I won't reach my arms out too too often for things. I'll just say the whole like, I'm fine. And if I do want something, I'll be so sure before I even put it out, that there's no way I could be rejected or else I won't put it out. Or if I do put it out and I even smell rejection, I'll just stop immediately what I'm doing. And when you think about allowing rejection to define your life and what you wind up doing with your life, it's completely illogical. And when we just hold space, like, could I be rejected? Could I wind up handling it if I was? Yeah. I, I'm going to survive it, you know? Yeah. But okay. you know, it's
1: so interesting. It's it's less about the hustling and, and you're kind of alluding to this, but it's more about the work. When you accept that like the work is part of the journey, like it becomes less about the expectations or the end results. Like when I started my podcast, I was literally like, I'm going to do 50 episodes until I listen or critique myself. <laughs> and, you know, everyone is like, well, maybe you should. And I'm like, no, like, I know I can't like I, my insecurities will trigger so much I will dissect what I'm doing wrong. I will get into my head and I won't do what I really want to do, which is podcast from my heart and be really helpful and have these audio files my little girls can listen to that is their mom navigating her way through life. Like that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be like that. And I knew that I would be so insecure about it unless I got through like X amount of numbers. So it was just like the yes, no. Like I will be so insecure on those pricing phone calls. Like those discovery calls until I'm not, right? Until I go through the work of recognizing my value, of I get through the kind of formula of the discovery call. I get comfortable. I realize how much coffee I should have or not have before the call, right? Like there's so many things you want to realize about yourself. You recognize, like, if I don't enjoy this part of the journey, if I don't enjoy the work that goes into this, I'm not going to enjoy anything in my whole career. So you start to take pressure off the expectation. And lean into the fact that this truly is about loving the journey and figuring out how you as a a person based off who you are, how you were raised, your personality, like what parameters do you need to put in place in order to start loving the journey? Do you have to listen to a, I have to listen to a Macklemore song every single time before I show (laughs) up for a podcast, right? Like what's your thing that you need to do to enjoy the journey? Just start putting in some little systems for that and you will blink, be a year further down the line was so much more action being taken.
0: Kelsey, this was such gold. Um, I want all of you to follow her and her podcast is fantastic. And her Instagram is at Kelsey Murphy and let us know where's the best place for us to go stay part of your world.
1: Yeah, I think you you just said it. Come say hello on on Instagram. You can DM me, you know, and and I'm happy to chat and connect. And um, yeah, you could go to my website, Kelsey but really whatever you feel
0: called to do. Awesome. Kelsey, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for this time today. It was so wonderful. How awesome is Kelsey? By the way, we're going to have the video of this interview on my Kathy Heller YouTube channel. So if you want to see us chatting, you can go check that out as well. Here are the takeaways. Number one, it starts within. You need to have the internal conversation of showing up for yourself. Number two, do small tests to get the data. See if you like it and if other people like it. When you get the answers, you're off to the races. Number three, you don't need certifications or extra degrees. You are going to provide value when you get someone a transformation. Number four, we can solve problems much faster and quicker when we get to the root of what people truly desire. Number five, Your client is their own best teacher. They have their absolute wisdom inside of them. It's your job as a coach to hold space and extract their inner knowing. Number six, you don't have to pitch what you're selling. Approach it with passion, show up, and share something you're excited about. Number seven, get comfortable with rejection. Find those 10 no's before you seek the yes. And number eight, it's not about the expectations or the results. Lean into the fact that it's about loving the journey. Alright, right. Now I want to celebrate today's giveaway winner. We're giving away some awesome swag every Monday and Thursday. So if you want to enter the giveaway, then leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or talk about the podcast on your Instagram stories and tag me at kathy.heller. Today's winner is Thriving Mo. She said finally going for it. Wow. One of my favorite podcasts out there, such great interviews and motivation. I love how down to earth Kathy is. I'm a stay-at-home mom turned life coach and this podcast and the made to do this course has helped me so much. I'm ready to finally work past the fear and go for it. It's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mo. Thank you so much, all of you, for listening. I really can't thank you enough. P.S. I just wanted to tell you that I'll be doing another five day free challenge in just a few weeks. It's going to be starting on June 7th. It's called Your Soul's Calling because your soul's calling. You have a calling, and I know that you're listening because you're aware of that and you don't want to play small. So, I'm going to be spending five days with you. This is going to be packed with value. If you've done any of my five-day challenges before, you know that I show up. I am extremely present. I am not reading a script. This is not a webinar. I will be there opening my heart and reaching out to you and really being there to hold space for you for five full days. If you want more information about it, you can head over to kathyheller.com slash challenge and you can get all the updates. It's a free challenge and I would love to have you there. We have more incredible guests coming on soon. So definitely subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you want to be entered into our giveaway, just leave us a review. Now, I'm curious if this episode was helpful. And is there somebody that you can think of who would benefit from listening? If so go ahead and send them a link to the episode or text it to them. And you could also post about the show on Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller, and I can repost some of those. You can also tag Kelsey at Kelsey Murphy, so she knows that her words have been helpful. I'm sure that would make her day. I'll leave you guys with a song of mine. I love you so much. And because we do daily episodes now, I'll be talking to you tomorrow. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.